listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. This is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. ESPN 1000, Tyler Rocky and Shane Norling. We're going to be with you every single Sunday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. right here on ESPN 1000 talking all things NCAA tournament and conference championships. Like We are in the thick of it now, Shay. Today is the final day of the regular season. Some conference tournaments are already underway as well. And we've got the Big Ten tournament coming to Chicago. You and I will be there for a good portion of that. So looking forward to that this week and this weekend. And on top of that, we've got a bracket that I think is going to be one of the crazier ones that we've seen. And the way that this tournament plays out is going to be one of the crazier ones that we've seen in recent memory. So It feels like the most wide-open I feel like we say this every year, but mm-hmm. this one really does feel like the most wide open I can remember in a while. We've had eight times this season where the number one team has been dethroned. Now, some of those teams have just shuffled back to the top, yeah. a la what Houston has done. But we've got a preseason number one that is in danger of not making the tournament. North Carolina it would be the first time ever since the field expanded to 68. Um it's really been a disaster season for North Carolina. This year, they have uh, 12 losses, North Carolina, and that is the most by a preseason AP number one overall team. Well, you talk about the bloom coming off the rose. Caleb Love. Oh, God. He went from hero in Chapel Hill to unwatchable villain. <laughs> I mean, in a year. He went from the hero, the guy in Chapel Hill, to everybody wants you gone. Yeah, and they're rooting for your your transfer. I mean, and again, it just shows you the fickle nature of the NCAA tournament, both for better and for worse. Like, this was a guy caught a heater for a couple games, won them a tournament game or two in March, and now you look at him. And that's not who I want as a guard on my team. I mean, the shot he took at the end of the Duke game yesterday. I, All he was, does is take bad it shots. It was the quintessential Caleb Love possession, right? Takes a contested three with about, what what was there, eight or nine seconds yeah. left on the clock, where he comes off a screen, steps into a three. He's contested, look, quasi-double-teamed as well, but he chucks it, and it's an ugly brick, Right. That's what we're looking at. This is the topsy-turvy nature of college basketball this year. Um, And I think a lot of it is due to the instability of guards in the sport right now. But let's get into the teams that we think can actually win this season. You and I have each crafted a list here of teams that we believe can win the NCAA tournament. How many do you have? Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I have. Ooh, you like more teams than me. I do. I have six. You have six. Now, what is your sort of criteria that well, you? Well, I always for? go off. The one thing I always look at is it, it's it's worthwhile because it, there's very few outliers. The only one in the existence of Kempom that didn't rank top twenty five in both offensive and defensive efficiency was UConn in twenty fourteen when Shabazz Napier just went nuts. This like. This is something I always look at. You, that's the starting point for me. You have to qualify top 25 offensive efficiency, top 25 defensive efficiency. Good rule of thumb. If you don't, 
I don't believe in you in the tournament. Sorry. So I found the seven teams that qualified, and I kicked one of them out because I don't believe in them. We'll get to that. But I have six total teams that I think can actually win the tournament. All right. So I think there's a couple that I think we're in consensus here. All right. I've got Houston on my list. Houston for you. I think that's a pretty easy one. They're the number one team in the country. UCLA on my list. I I gave them out as a team that I think has the most value. Alabama, even with everything going on with them, I still think they can win a national title. Um, Texas is another team I think can win a national title. Kansas, I think can win a national title there. How many is that? That is five that I've given you here. And then UConn, I'm with you, I think can win a national title as well. Those are my six. Houston, uh, Kelvin Sampson's great coach. They've been around. They made the Final Four last year. My worry is always the battle testing. We talked mm-hmm. about this in the last hour. When you play in a in a conference in a mid major conference like that, I get a little concerned because they're four and one in quad one games. They do have a quad three loss, but it's just only playing five quad one games against Kansas, who's only played elite competition. That I do get a little weary. We've seen it a lot with Gonzaga where they're so good, but they haven't played anyone. The year they had uh, Jalen Suggs and they run mm-hmm. up against Baylor and it's just a buzzsaw. That, yeah. I do get worried about that. So I do have Houston, but I have Alabama. I, I told you last hour I'm a little worried because they've seemed tight since the Brandon Miller thing went public. They're not th- winning games as convincingly. I think part of it, though, that's actually encouraging with Alabama is they're playing in a lot of tight games. And they're still winning them. But they're winning. That goes to the battle test. Yes, exactly. I think that's good for them. And obviously having Brandon Miller, a guy who can win you a game. Yes. That's one of the most important things that you can have in the tournament. And freshmen that don't play like freshmen. Yeah. I mean, it's not just Brandon Miller. There's a couple other guys on their roster that do not play like freshmen. Kansas, to me, is the should be the favorite. I agree with you. I, I get Houston is the favorite. Yes. I think it should be Kansas. I'm with you. I think you look at A, and maybe it's just the hesitancy to peg a team to go out there and win back-to-back titles. What is that but about, though? I think in college sports, that is the most meaningless of it all because the roster turnover is the most, it's at its highest in college sports. So to, to think a team can't win back-to-back I mean, you're really shuffling the deck every single year. Now, part of the reason why I'm confident is because of some of the continuity that I see on that Kansas team. Like, if it weren't for Zach Eady doing what he's doing, we'd be talking about Jalen Wilson in almost any other season as a player of the year candidate. Daywan Harris is one of the few point guards in this league and in this country that I actually trust. And Bill Self is a mastermind of a coach as well. And they're a team that can play seven, eight guys deep, even in tournament games. You get a guy like Yesifu coming off the bench. I mean, they, they just, they have all of the pieces of the recipe that you look for. All of the ingredients are there for Kansas. The pedigree, having Bill Self, having one, it just feels like they, to me, should be the favorite. Now, I will say this. They do have an irrational confidence guy that can shoot you in and out of a game as well with Grady Dick. Now, he's shot them into more games than he shot them out of this season. He's having a fantastic year, probably going to be a lottery pick when it's all said and done. 41% three-point shooter, but he can also go cold at times as well. We have seen those games from him, but we haven't seen a ton of them. But having that sort of freshman there, like, I don't want to play against Grady Dick. I don't. Just because he's one of those guys that just scares the living H out of you because he can catch fire and go five of seven. And if three. he gets hot, then you're, you're in done. trouble. Yeah. Then you're dead. You. Um, all right. You want, here are the other teams that I have on my list that you don't have on yours. I'm rolling with Baylor. I am still a believer in Baylor. I know they lost yesterday to Iowa State, but they've got an experienced backcourt. 
with guys that I trust. I think Keontae George as a freshman is a great player for that team. And on top of that, they're getting Jonathan Chamwachachua back as well. He's starting to get his feet under him a little bit. That's kind of their energy guy there. And Scott Drew is indeed a good coach. Not just a great guy, but a great coach as well. I, I really think Baylor is still one of those teams who the record right now may not look great for Baylor when you talk about them in comparison to some other teams in the Big 12. They finished the season 11-7. and However... They did win 11 of their final 15 Big 12 games, including a six-game winning streak after starting the year 0-3 in conference. I think there's something to be said about that for this Baylor team. They're another team, though, that's three and or, uh, sorry, two and three in their last five. You don't want to be limping into the tournament. But Okay, look at those at Kansas, at Kansas State. Those are two extremely tough games. You bounce back with a win against Texas, a six-point win against Oklahoma State, but it felt like a lot more than six in that game. I'm not going to lie. Losing by 15 to Iowa State, a game after Caleb Grill was kicked off the team, a little puzzling to me. That one I'm a little perplexed by, but they're going to have a chance to get their revenge against Iowa State to open up the Big 12 tournament. The other thing that makes me nervous about Baylor is they're one of those teams that they play a little slow. They're super efficient offensively, mm-hmm. but they can't guard. And that gets me, like, that comes down to in the tournament, you let somebody get hot, you're dead, and they don't guard well. So I get a little weary on Baylor. That's where I see them. Also, I mean, frankly, when you rank outside the top 70 in defensive efficiency, mm-hmm. I'm good. You're not winning the tournament. Yeah, I think part of that is they're getting some, like, Jonathan Chamwachachua is such a piece of the fabric of what they do defensively. Just an energy guy. He also compensates for a lot of mistakes that I think they, they make as well. But you're right. Like, the defense stuff, it does scare you from times. But I will say this, when everything's clicking for one team, Baylor's one of like the three teams I would not want to face in the entire yeah. country. Who else you got? I got Gonzaga. I still am a... I, listen. You're Gon- going to get tricked by this pony again. I'm not picking Gonzaga, right? I, I, I've done the... I filled out the official Black and Abdallah bracket each of the last two years, and I've picked Gonzaga each season. I'm not picking Gonzaga in any sort of bracket or pool. I probably won't even lay a future down on them to win it all, even though you might find some value right now. But Gonzaga's a team there where you look at the headlines have just been off of them this year. Every single year, they've had the headlines surrounding them, right? They've kind of been hovering around number one or they've been number one. This year, that hasn't been the case. And wouldn't that just be so Gonzaga for Drew Timmy to to lead the charge here, right? He's put together a fantastic season. Um, They're the top offense in the country, but they are similar to Baylor in the sense that they're outside the top 80 defensively as well. Give up a lot of points, but they're a little different because they play fast as hell, too. Yes, exactly. They are uh, 40th in adjusted tempo, according to Ken Palm. Um, My other three teams, these are some weird ones, and these are more sleeper-type teams that I think you need to keep an eye on. I don't know if they'll necessarily win, but here's one of my criteria, all right? Can I see your head coach walk up the ladder and cut down a piece of the net? Like, can I visualize that? Or is this just a dope that might trip on his way stepping up the stairs? Right? I love that. So, here are my other three. I've got Kentucky, who has gotten hot lately. Dangerous team. Watch out. That's a team that could win the SEC. Calipari's a coach. I can see doing that. Cutting the nets down. I think is a team that is catching a little bit of fire as of late as well. Can you see John Shire cutting the nets down? I can. 
I really, he's done it as a player. He's done it as an assistant. And I think he could do it again as a head coach. It'd be a big moment. And, I mean, we saw last year the run that, uh, North, that Carolina. North Carolina made. Duke could find itself in a similar situation. They're not as bad as what Carolina was in the regular Who season. Who scares you more between the two of them, though? To me, it's easily Kentucky. Yes, Kentucky's Kentucky the right one now. team outside, like, the top. Uh, where, I don't know where they are in Kempom off the top of my head. I think outside the top 30, maybe, where I look at Kentucky or outside the top 15. Mm-hmm. And Kentucky I, is 21 right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I look at Kentucky and I just... The way they're playing right now, it's like, boy, it feels like you woke to sleep in giant. <laughs> I, I think you're right. Like, we are, we're like a month removed from fans going there and holding a sign that said, please leave to Calipari. Get out. Go they, to Austin. They did the dead coach walking. <laughs> get out. And instead, it's like, now they're ranked. They're winning all these games. They're going to get hot. They'll get into the tourney mid-seed. They could get hot and end up in a Final Four. I and, don't think they can win at all, but I think they could get to a Final Four. I think they And listen. Here's the other thing about these teams, right? Remember what these teams are built on. They are built on having supremely talented freshmen. And while Kentucky isn't necessarily that sort of team this year, they, they've got Kaysen Wallace, but it, it's mostly a, a group of transfers and, and older players on this roster. But that almost, I think, works in their favor a little bit. They've got Kaysen Wallace, who's fantastic on both ends of the floor, but you also return the player of the year in the sport from last year, too. And he's put together a good season as well. Not player of the year level, but he's still probably in top five, seven consideration of that award with Oscar Shibway. I think that this Kentucky team is just rounding into form at the right time. And I think the same can be said about Duke. When you look at Duke, that, that team is playing connected right now. And I think a big part of it is because at the beginning of the season, they couldn't use Derek Lively. He was no good to them. Yeah. He was defensively there, but outside of that, he didn't do a whole heck of a lot. He's the number one player in the most recent recruiting class. He was the number one player. That was John Shire's first big get, and he's starting to play like the number one player in the class. Can you imagine Duke and Kentucky win their conference tournaments? And then they just roll hot into the tourney. Nobody wants to see that, but they could both go to the Final Four. Yes. I'm right, th- and then here's my last team, and this is a sleeper team that I think you might be able to get some value on if you want to go out and lay a wager. All right, and it's a team that I think has played fantastic basketball all season long. It is the Kansas State Wildcats. So out there, but I love it. So they're not great on offense, but they're not putrid, right? Like we've talked about Gonzaga and Baylor, yeah. they're putrid defensively. Horrific. They're ranked 53rd right now offensively, top 15 defensively. Their losses this year have largely come against bad teams that have kind of hurt them down the stretch. Um, Texas Tech and Oklahoma are two that, that stick out to me, but those were on the road in the Big 12. There's, I believe, only two teams can say this. Two teams can say they've beaten every single one of the top six teams in the Big 12, and Kansas State is one of those teams. So Jerome Tang was an assistant for Scott Drew, on that Baylor championship-winning team, he's certainly put the Baylor culture into this Kansas State program. They've picked off some great wins this year, and even though they struggle offensively, they have, in regulation this year, scored 116 points on the road at Texas, a Texas team that embodies defense, and they went out there and put 116 on them. like In, in 82 possessions. I mean, that's that they're just really efficient. Yes, and that is part of why I think that Kansas State may be a team to keep an eye on out of the Big 12 here. 
So that those are our lists. I have more teams than you, but uh, you know the one qualifier, by the way, of the uh, seven. Let's get Kemp to that next. Qualifiers. All right, we've got that teams dead teams walking. You may think they're good, but they're not. We're going to tell you why next, and you've got some beef with a bet you made with someone upstairs as well. All that's coming up next. Tyler Rocky, Shane Norling. This is basketball. You. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Basketball U with you every single Sunday through the rest of the college basketball season. Tyler Rocky and Shay Norling, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. here on ESPN 1000. Looking forward to doing some fun stuff stuff with you, including, I mean, we're a week away from Selection Sunday here, Shay. I think we're going to have a little Selection Sunday special for you as well. That may be like a Twitch-only thing that we end up doing, too. So Excited about that. We're, we're looking forward to all that fun stuff. One of the best pro TV programming things of the year, by the oh, way, yeah. Selection Sunday. It's unbelievable. Like, it's so dumb, but I could just sit in front of the TV and watch it. Yes. For, and, no and you know what? Tom Brady ruined it last year. Ruined it. Because he announced that he was coming back, and this is my whole grand conspiracy theory of it all, was that Michigan should not have been an NCAA tournament team last year. And this was Tom Brady, a pure Michigan man through and through, deflecting headlines because he knew that somehow people were going to be outraged about Michigan getting into the NCAA tournament. So Michigan man moved by Brady. He announces he's coming back for a clunker of a season. And what do you know? All the headlines go to the fact that Tom Brady's coming back and not the fact that Michigan should not have been in the tournament last year. That's an incredible conspiracy theory. <laughs> you like that one? Yeah, that's great. They shouldn't be in the tournament this year. I'd give you that. <laughs> they should not. All right. So we've got some teams that we don't trust. They are Shea's Dead's teams walking. I've got a couple as well. I think I've got more than you do, though. But, I have a couple. All right. Let's hear. Who, who do you have? But teams the, that you just don't trust. They're getting a lot of hype right now, but you don't trust them one bit. You brought something up that, that really rang true for me. Can you envision the coach walking up the ladder and cutting down the nets? Mm-hmm. And you know who I can't envision doing it is Matt Painter. Matt Painter <laughs> would find a way to trip over a cord on the sideline or fall off the elevated court on his way to cut the nets down. And it's also part of that, too, is how cool do you look? Because the coach is the last one to cut it, obviously, right. right? How cool can you look when you raise the net, right? Like he wouldn't when, look cool at all. No. He's, and no, respectfully to Matt Painter, but he's just, he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that cool look to him, cutting down the nets, holding it up, celebrating the championship. I can't see it with Purdue. We talked about this. It's February, April, or uh, January, I forgot how the months go. <laughs> January, February, Purdue. <laughs> No way can they win this tournament. I like, and it's, it goes back to the whole Big Ten. It's just a Fugazi conference. It's not real. What happens in <laughs> this conference? Not it's not. All these teams are ten, eleven right, and eight. Though. They're all the same team, and it's the same garbage. We're gonna. We saw it last year. All these teams, a record conference. What was it all, eleven or twelve? Eleven last year? teams in, and how many make the second weekend? Two. Mm-hmm. It's fake. It was this whole conference. They're just overmatched, and I think one of the the. Classic overmatched games that we saw last year in the NCAA tournament was the second round game between Illinois and Houston. That was one team on one side in Illinois, who, by the way, 
squeaked by Chattanooga, 54-53 in the first round. All right, let's remind people of that. They lose by 15 to Houston, which at the pace Houston plays, there's a couple teams that qualify under this umbrella, but at the pace that Houston plays, losing by 15 is really like losing by 20 to 22 points because the tempo is so slow and there's fewer possessions. They just looked like Houston looked like a team that wanted to go to the Sweet 16, and Illinois did not last year. That's what I saw in that game. You saw Houston diving on every single loose ball. You saw them winning every single like grit statistic there was out there. And even the ones that don't show up in the box score. Houston had it. Illinois was far from it. And that's just kind of the, the way that Big Ten basketball is, too. It's made out to be this gritty conference, right? Cannibalism. All these teams, they just beat up on themselves. No! Maybe you can just all be bad. Yeah, You're it's, equally bad. It's because they're a power five and they all beat up on each other so that everybody sells it as this bloodbath. Well, here's the deal. Maybe they all just suck. Like, maybe <laughs> they're all just not very good. And like Purdue... Honestly, good team. But do I trust them in March? No. And part of the reason why is you can't just run big all the time yes. and win in the tournament. You need dynamic guards. And I was raised to not trust lawyers. So I can't get behind this Fletcher lawyer. His That's, brother screwed me at MSU. I have no interest in Fletcher lawyer. Fletcher lawyer. Now, to his credit, he has been great for a freshman. And really good. Like, when he's a sophomore, junior... I'm in on Purdue as a team that can win it all. But as a freshman, for a guy who is a volume shooter at 33% from distance right now, and I like Braden Smith too. I think you talk about guard tandems for the next two or three years. Like Those guys aren't going to be guys that are leaving early in all likelihood. For, but for a guard tandem, those two guys over the next couple of seasons, sign me up. I'm in. It's a little bit like Wisconsin a few years ago, and the name of the kid escapes me, where you watched him, and you're just like, in four years, this guy's going to be the biggest tournament. Yes, biggest tournament pain in the ass we'll ever see. Mm -hmm. He's just one of those guys, once you get him to uh, be a senior, and he's got the experience, he's been in those spots, he's played in those games, you you know he's going to be a pain. Fletcher Lawyer's the same type of guy. Freshman, you're right, freshman year going out there, no, no chance. Yeah. They're just too young. That's the way that so I look at go. them right now. Perdon't dead team walking. Yes. I don't care about the Ken Palm rankings. Dead <laughs> team walking. Here's four more teams I have that I don't trust, all right? Marquette. I don't trust Marquette. And it's it's for the reason that everyone loves the coach, right? Shaka Smart. Fantastic. Went on that run at VCU, right? Since then, he hasn't won a tournament game in a decade. Just let that settle in. Five of his six losses in the tournament in the last decade have come as a single-digit seed as well. Marquette's going to be a single-digit seed this year again. It's just a matter of are they a two, are they a three. But this is a team, a Marquette team, that offensively lights out. Tyler Kolek, I think, is a fantastic point guard. But I don't like, I'm not in on the, the Shaka Smart experience like everyone else is, all right? This And the Big East, I think, could be a little bit under that Big Ten umbrella as well of maybe there's a lot more bad teams than we think in this conference. When you look at teams like Providence, uh, Villanova hasn't been what they've been uh, over the last couple of years. Um, Xavier, what are they? Creighton, UConn, like all of these teams have had their turns of fraudulence in this conference this year, except for Marquette. And wouldn't it be so shaka smart to let your true colors show in the tournament and lose in a 215 or a 314. Maybe a coach of the year finalist, and he'll just get bounced in round one. Yeah. That would be classic Shaka. Yeah. 
That's what he is as a coach now. I'm, like, I'm sorry Marquette. to say it. Honestly, I'd, I'd stamp the entire Big East except UConn. As I think I would teams with walking. Like Creighton? I, I, I'm sorry. Enough with the, with the Bluebirds, whatever the hell Creighton is. I, I'm good. You've lost 11 games. I, I'm not interested. So they've lost 11 games, but six of them came in, the, in a row. Like, there was a six-game losing streak in November into mid-December. But that's, like, Arizona, Texas, Marquette. you got to beat those teams if you want to win in the tournament. And, and that's totally Losing fair. to Nebraska now, they, at home? That was a bad one. That was a really bad one. Now, one of the things that they have dealt with this year is Ryan Kalkbrenner and his injury that sat him out for a couple games. They had a little bit of a, a rough stretch in that span. But when he came back, that's when they rattled off a long win streak. What did this mount out to? This went out to eight game, eight game win streak in the Big East, including victories over Xavier and, and UConn at home. Um, Again, it's been a flimsy conference this year, but Creighton's a team that I think could be a second weekend team. I don't know about if they're if they're getting to the Final Four, but I think they could be a, a second weekend team. They ain't for getting sure. to the Final Four. And here's the other thing about the B- Big East: anytime you play in a conference, where you get to play Georgetown twice and I'm DePaul. Out. I'm out. You get yeah, you get to play Georgetown, Georgetown twice and, De- and DePaul. DePaul. By the way, DePaul, another co- uh, committer of the sin, not fouling up three. <laughs> Tony Stubblefield. Yeah. Unbelievable. Oh, one of your favorite things there. All right, and then a couple more teams. Arizona, I don't trust. I don't trust Arizona. Too many weird losses for them this year. Too many losses where I see it, um, and I say to myself, how the hell did that happen? Utah, Washington State, Oregon, Stanford, and then the Arizona State on a, on a three-quarters court buzzer beater from last weekend. I, I, I can't get behind that. They have a great offense. Don't you, don't you almost have to count that as a win, though? Like, they won that game. You shouldn't and then be in that position. You shouldn't be in that position there. You shouldn't be in that position at home Especially against Arizona home. State. It's a rivalry game. It is a rivalry game, but you are by far and away the better team. I love Tommy Lloyd as a coach. For people who had questions about, oh, Tommy Lloyd, can he do it at a power conference? Because, I mean, you think about it. This is the best job he's ever had. <laughs> like... The job he has now is better than if he had gotten promoted at his previous stop. Like, if you think about it, it, it was it was being the head coach at Gonzaga or being the head coach at Arizona, but he was the engine that sort of ran that Gonzaga program, especially on a recruiting front, and you're seeing some of the international flair take its place at Arizona now. But I don't trust them. Just too many inconsistent and weird losses, and in a sport where one bad game and your season's over, I can't get behind that Yeah, right Arizona now. could be a bad game, bugaboo. Um, Tennessee plays no offense. They've been terrible. No offense. Get into a ton of rock fights as well. Can't trust Tennessee as another one. And Zakai Ziegler, their point guard, done for the year. Unfortunately, tore his ACL um, earlier this week um, in the win against Arkansas. So that is just devastating news. Losing your senior point guard. uh, I believe he was a a sixth year. Or no, he's a sophomore. Um, Probably the most important thing to have going into the tournament, by the way. Star senior point guard. Yes. And losing that... In the month of March, can't happen. That you're right. It is the most devastating thing that could happen to a six, team. Six losses in their last ten games. Yeah, dead team walking. All right. When we come back, you've got a bet that you need to settle because someone is trying to change the parameters of the bet that you made. Shook hands. All that stuff. We're gonna get into what's fair, what's foul coming up next. Shay Norling and Tyler Rocky. This is Basketball You on ESPN 1000. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. 
This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000. basketball with you every Sunday 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. right here on ESPN 1000 through the end of the tournament. Tyler Rocky, Shane Norling, we've got the Big Ten championships coming up this week. Champ week upon us. It is, and you and I have talked about this, I enjoy champ week more than any week of the NCAA tournament. That's the, the thing people don't know about college basketball because everybody loves March Madness. I love the tournament. But next weekend, is the best weekend of college basketball yes. of the entire year. And I think the other thing, too, if you're planning, if you're thinking about going to the Big Ten tournament, do it. I'll tell you right now, do it, because going to conference tournaments is way better than going to the NCAA tournament. I like I like conference tournaments more than the NCAA tournament, but I love going to conference tournaments more than I love going to the NCAA tournament. The NCAA tournament, like, sometimes it feels a little, like, buttoned up, whereas, like, conference tournament it's like you got all the fan bases there and it's like you can kind of kick your feet back and stuff like that it's feels awesome. a little local it's yes, got a local it vibe to exactly. it exactly yep. everybody kind of knows each other you get the rival reaction mm-hmm. ncaa it's like a, a ceremony one of the best games i've ever been to acc championship in 2019 duke carolina championship game in charlotte one of the best games I've ever been to. It was that was the Zion Williamson year. Um, on the other side, you had Kobe White for UNC. It was so much fun being in that atmosphere in the state of North Carolina too, kind of as the the cherry on top. So that was awesome, awesome stuff. All right, you've got a bet with Stu Lane upstairs about the NCAA tournament. So why don't I'll let you take the wheel here, Shay? A dangerous proposition, but I'm letting you take the wheel oh, here. Boy. So I'm leaving the office on uh, Friday. And on my way out, I stop by Stu's desk. We have a nice little conversation. He wants mm-hmm. to talk some college basketball. Always loves some college ball talk. Absolutely. So I'm walking out, and he goes, this is going to be the year where a team that's a lower seed that you don't expect, they're going to win it all. A Cinderella's going to win it all. And he brought up Kentucky. This is a different conversation. I told him Kentucky's not a Cinderella. They might win it all as an eight seed, but they would not be a Cinderella in my estimation. So we come up with a bet. Where I said, I don't buy this because, Frank, the team you don't expect, the low-seeded team, never wins at all. Ever. It's always the one, the two, the three. In fact, I've just looked it up. Since 1985, the only times a seed lower than three has won it, 1985, Villanova won as an eight. 1988, Kansas won as a six. Uh, 1997, Arizona won as a four. And then 2014, Connecticut as a seven. Those are the only time, only four times since 1985, a seed lower than three. So I, I said to Stu, I get seeds one through four, you get seeds five through 16. If a five through 16 wins the tournament, I buy you lunch. Mm-hmm. If a one through four wins the tournament, you buy me lunch. He goes, I'll take that. We shake hands. Mm-hmm. It's all good. All right. Malia is, also is there as a witness. Yes. Set in stone. So this is, tie a knot on it. Like this bet is in. Yeah, there is no turning back on it at this point. I wake up yesterday morning to an email from Stuart Lane. <laughs> on a Saturday. The sub on a Saturday, <laughs> the subject line, bad bet. <laughs> 
He says, I can't give you top 16 teams. That's a stupid bet. I'll give you top 10 seeded teams. I say a team outside top 10 will win the tournament. I'm not going to adjust this bet to top 10. That puts me in a bad spot. Especially, I don't know what he's talking about. Is this the AP poll? Is this the top 10 seeds and you count out yeah, the last two the threes? Snaking. Yeah, mm-hmm. So I don't know what that is. Tyler, I, I don't know if I have to issue a counter offer. We shook hands and there mm-hmm. was a witness. This should be The bet is set done. in stone. But if I must offer a counter offer, and it's up to Stewart to tell us if this is okay, I will amend the bet so I get seeds one through three. And he can have seeds four through sixteen. So is that fair? I think that is fair. I also don't think you need to offer a counter offer here, as well. Now I will say this: yesterday, or no, this was Friday. So the day that you made the bet, you had you texted me about the bet. You said I made this bet with Stu. I love it. And then I, I was like, "That's a great bet for you. I love it." There for was you. no way I was going to lose. So it was a ghost town down here on Friday. We anticipated all this snow coming to the Chicagoland area. We got none. We were supposed to get eight inches. I think I saw eight flurries. I'm upstairs waiting for our show to start, myself and Chris Black. And I look, I take a look down the, the sales alley, right? There's a, the alley of... of a little hallway. Of, you can yes. see all the people. You can see everyone down there. And it is only Malia and Stuart. And I say, I, so I say my hellos. I, I, honestly, I didn't even see Stuart back there. He was like kind of behind his, his computer. Um... But I see Stuart back there, and I said, I heard about your bet with Shay. And I was like, I don't know about that one, man. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if I like that for your side. And he was kind of talking like, yeah, it's wide open this year, which he's right. I think it, it is. is. It is wide open this year. Um, but I was like, I don't know. I don't like it. And then, so I wonder if I planted a little seed in Stuart's head. So this is your fault, so you is what you're saying to me. <laughs> It may be my fault. I was set. I was going to get a free lunch. Everything was gold. You still might. The road was paved. Now I have to amend this thing. Well, you don't because have to. you put the idea in his head. You don't have to amend it. That's though. the qu- you know what? I'll throw the number out. If you want to yeah. weigh in, do I need to amend this bet? Three one two three three two three seven seven six. I we shook hands. There's a witness. Yes. There should be no amendment necessary. I'm feeling good hearted. It's a beautiful day out. The sun's out. Mm-hmm. Springs on. This is March. Mm-hmm. All that good stuff. Stuff. You're envisioning I'm, the burger you're about to, oh, to have. Yeah, I'm going to have a great lunch after we leave here. I'm feeling kind-hearted. I'm willing to All make right. an amendment on the bet. I will take one through three, and Stewart can have four through 16. All right, so that's your counteroffer. That's my counteroffer, unless somebody calls in right now and says, I don't need to amend it. Then I'm not doing it. Or has another counteroffer. If we get a third part, well, there's no better counteroffer. This is the best I can do. <laughs> This is like negotiating in Shark Tank. That's the best I can do. And for that reason, you are out. Yeah, if he tries to throw, you get one through two, and I get three through... No, for that reason, I'm out. Forget it. We won't do the bet. Mm -hmm. But we shook hands. There's no amendment. The handshake is sacred. That's the problem I'm having here. Remember when we were told handshakes were going to be gone? After 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 post-COVID? Nobody's ever going to shake hands again. Yeah. No, the handshake agreement, I think, is still a, a principal thing. And once that hand, the second you release, upon release, bet is set in stone. All right. So it's I, a sacred bond between men. Yes. The handshake on a bet is a sacred bond between men. I'm with you. I, I think that you should not have to relinquish the, the offer. I think the, you should be getting the top, what would that be? The top 16 teams. Right, one top, through four one would through be the four. top sixteen. Top sixteen. I'm I'm with you there. But Stewart says we can't do that. It's a bad bet. 
All right. Zach is in Lake County. He's got a counter offer here. What's up, Zach? Hey, how's it going? Good. What you got? Hey, I don't think you should give him the four, but I think the four seeds could be a push. But what's a push? What, yeah, Is that just like, oh, we, we pushed. We go out to lunch together? Or is it just or, a nothing? Or we nobody do. wins. Yeah, you, you, you go Dutch or nobody wins, whichever you want. I don't want to do a push. I no, want to get a lunch this, out of this. This, this is the NCAA well, tournament. Think, There's no ties. Then I don't think you should give him the, the fours. So no, so no amendment necessary? I don't think so. Unless you're feeling nice and want to offer the, the push. but Zach, are Tyler I and I right? The handshake is a sacred bond between men. When you shake hands on a bet, that's it. It's set in stone. That's the agreement. 100%. All right. There we go. No amendment. No amendment. I'm keeping one You're through keeping four. You're keeping one through four. All right. Sorry, Stuart. Thanks, Zach. 312-332-3776. If you think Shay needs to amend his bet here with Stuart up in our sales department about the amount of teams that he gets, the seeds. Shay has seeds one through four. Stuart has seeds five through 16 to win the NCAA tournament. Now Stuart is saying that Shay just gets the top 10 teams and he gets the rest of the field. And I may be at fault for this as well. It's your fault. I can't believe it's your <laughs> fault that you planted the seed that changed this bet. You took a lunch out of my mouth. You're literally taking food out of my mouth. 312-332-3776. You're, you're riled up about this bet. But you're also riled up about some of the old coaches you are in too. college basketball. As am I. And we got to have it out with some of our older older guys here coming up next. It's Basketball You, Tyler Rocky, and Shane Norling. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. This is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. here on ESPN 1000. We're going to be with you every single Sunday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on ESPN 1000 through the tournament. Tyler Rocky, Shane Norling, big thank you to Kendra Smith for producing the show today. Just a couple of quick updates here. We do have potentially the third one seed going down of the weekend. Memphis, a 56-51 lead over Houston right now. Penn State has stormed back. To create a little more chaos within the confines of the Big Ten chase for the two seed. Right now, the Nittany Lions 63-62 over Maryland with 30 seconds to go there. Purdue having their way with Illinois as well. 49-26 out in West Lafayette. So the senior day festivities not catching up with Purdue. You know what? And I I got it in in the mix with ILL uh, before this game started. They have now made the list. They are a dead team walking. (laughs) Always have been. They're a Big Ten team. It's been on the TV here, but by my, I mean, you can't show up lifeless to this game. They're dead team walking. Yeah. All right. So you and I have some beef with our favorite team's head coaches. And you look at kind of the, the landscape of college basketball in and of itself. We are in a ship's crossing in the night right now, right? It's the old guard, the old way. It's sort of getting pushed out. We saw Coach K leave last year, Roy the year before that. Um we're seeing the older guard kind of push its way out. 
in comes the new guard, right? The up and coming, the let's adopt the, the transfer portal, all that stuff. I guess the outlier here is Jim Laranega a little bit because of what he's done at Miami, where he's pretty much got a roster exclusively of the transfer portal and NIL. But the old way is coming out. The new way of guys like Nate Oates, Eric Musselman, pretty much any coach in the SEC right now. That is the new way of doing things in college basketball. Jay Wright. Jay Wright's had so much success over the course of his career. He's on CBS now, right? Yep. So Tom Izzo, Michigan State, Jim Beheim, Syracuse. You and I are fed up with the way that our programs have been run really the last couple of years now. And it's been frustrating to watch. It's been frustrating to from a regular season standpoint. I've had a little bit of a thrill in the tournament, but outside of that, it has been dead yeah, regular be nice. seasons. Dead regular seasons. Must be nice to have a little thrill in the tournament, though. Try getting out of the first weekend one time in eight years. That's my life. Hey, at least both of us can bond over something. Our coaches want to put their kids on the team. They don't want to <laughs> go. In, right. They don't want to go into the transfer portal and uh, get some actual players no. or scholarship-worthy players. Now, Izzo, he'll leave I'll three, four of them open and see if Buddy and Jimmy can play. But yeah, we'll get the kids on the team. Tom and what's uh, Steven doing? God, I mean, it's just the thing about this is is. It's just time. You got to either. Yes. There's so much bitching going on about the NIL and the transfer portal and how difficult it makes this job. Guess what? That's the gig. Like the the landscape of the sport changes. It doesn't look like it did in 1975. It didn't 10 years ago. It doesn't. It's not going to look like it does now 10 years from now. Part of the deal is you got to adapt. If you're not going to adapt. You're going to die. You're going to get left behind. If you want to leave four scholarships open because you want to prove a point about the transfer portal like Tom Izzo did, sorry, your team's not going to be very good. And then you want to complain that you got to run your guys for 40 minutes a night. Well, you could have changed that if you went and got some transfer guys or even put somebody on scholarship. But he just chose not to. So my point is this. A great coach, like Beheim, mm-hmm. greatest coach in school history. Yes. Izzo, oh, one of the only coaches in school yeah. history. Izzo, greatest coach in school history. No no disputing that. Mm-hmm. But there comes a time where if you don't want to do the job anymore, don't. go. Yeah. It's time. Leave. Like, we'll all worship you on the way out. We'll put your name in the rafters. We'll build you a statue. But if you don't want to do the job, you don't have the right to tear the program down because you don't like the way the sport looks. It's the whole live long enough to become the villain or die a hero, right? Yeah, go ahead, die a hero. Yes, I'm I'm all for that right now. That's what I want to see. I, I'm ready for the next iteration of Syracuse basketball. I'm sure you're ready for the next iteration of Michigan State basketball. You know, Mike Bray, another name who's on his way out. He's retiring at the end of the season, right? He kind of said it best, and he has seen the writing on the wall. He is getting out. And when all this stuff was going on with the the transfer portal and NIL and no one really knew what the rules were for how all of this was going to operate, he basically said, listen, if you can't keep up, then you're going to have to then you're going to you're going to get passed by. You're going to die. And he adopted the adapt or die mentality. And now he's going to go off into the pasture and go play golf and have fun and and live the rest of his life he's going to be probably an ambassador for the maui invitational and he's going to be ripping hula shirts off right like that's the mike bray that we love and the mike bray that has had some success in notre dame too 
and he gets it. He gets it. He's ready to pass the torch to the next iteration of Notre Dame basketball. It's not your time anymore. Mm -hmm. Tom Izzo had his time. Jim Boeheim had his time. It's not your time anymore. Like People always ask me, too, well, don't you worry about if the next guy is going to be as good? Are you going to be able to find somebody who's as good as Izzo? I don't care. Like, Did North Carolina think they were going to find somebody as good as Roy? And then Hubert Davis comes in. They go to the Final Four. Yeah. Like, I, it's it's not something that's good. The fear of the unknown deal, I don't get scared of that. Like, what we have now, Michigan State to me, I don't know how you feel, Michigan State to me should be treated like a blue blood. To yes. get out of the first weekend once in seven seasons, that's not acceptable. And I'm sorry that 2020 was taken from us with Cassius Winston's senior year and Xavier Tillman, this mm-hmm. great team that was them in Kansas. One of the yes. two of them was going to win it all in 2020. I'm sorry that you lost that because of COVID. That's life. That's going to happen to you. But like the results the rest of the time, it's not acceptable. And then to just come out and go, oh, I don't want to do it anymore. I want to prove a point. The transfer portal, I don't like it. So I'm going to leave some scholarships open. Uh, no big deal to me. Go away then. I don't hang around because you don't want to do the gig just because you want to rage about how bad the landscape is. If you don't like it, we can find somebody who does and we'll come do the job. It's and, all good, man. You're a legend. Go ahead. And you know what? It's not an age thing either. Because you know what? There's one man and he is of the, the older generation that I would love to be the next head coach of my program. And his name is Rick Patino, And it is going to absolutely crush me when he inevitably takes the Georgetown job. When he inevitably takes the Georgetown job and brings that program up to the heights that it once had under John Thompson. But he was doing the things he was doing the things that we can do now legally when right. they weren't legal. Right. He, so he's always been this way. You're right, it's not an age thing. You can be of the old guard and choose to embrace what's what's new in college basketball. It's this stubbornness that yes. Izzo and, and Beheim both exhibit it. They're too stubborn to move on from the way things work. Jay Wright was the same way. Jay mm-hmm. Wright didn't like the transfer portal. He didn't like all these new things. He wanted to do it the way he'd been doing it. He'd had a ton of success. So he left. Yeah. And and listen, it's not for everyone, right? You just have to know when to get out. And some of these coaches, unfortunately, the, their welcome has, has been overstayed at this point. And it's sad to see at historic programs like ours, Michigan State and Syracuse, but that's the way it is right now. All right, that is going to do it for us here on Basketball U. This has been a lot of fun. We're going to be with you two hours every single Sunday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And also, hopefully, going to have a little Selection Sunday special for you as well once we have a bracket in place for next Sunday. We are a week away from Selection Sunday, so looking forward to talking college hoops with all of you next week as well and every Sunday throughout the NCAA tournament. This has been Basketball U, Tyler Rocky and Shay Norling. We'll talk to you next week.